This is a WKYT podcast. Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later we'll get a snapshot of the hot real estate market in the Lexington area and how the spring of the year is when a lot of folks are likely to be on the move. The Lexington Bluegrass Association of Realtors joining us shortly. But first the coronavirus has taken a sudden and unexpected toll on the world economy. Stocks have plunged, come back and plunged again in many cases in the uncertainty of it all and those who have been checking their 401ks and other investment accounts have been stunned by what they see. So what do you do? Is there a way to pull a parachute and stop losses or do you hang on for the duration and see where this all goes? Joining us this morning is Josh Smith with Strategic Wealth Designers. Uh, he's here with some advice for us. Thanks for coming in, Josh. We appreciate it very Thanks much. Thanks for having me. So the economy was humming right along. You know, we had a very encouraging uh, job report that uh, came out. And then this worldwide concern about coronavirus. Uh, uh, what are you telling your clients who uh, have to be uh, ringing the phone off the wall? Well, I think a lot of people are, are shocked to the idea that the market moves in two directions, not just one. I think for a long, a long time, we've gotten a little complacent with the idea that the stock market only goes in one direction. So. What I'm telling my clients right now, if if what's going on right now makes your stomach churn a little bit, again, with the coronavirus, it might be what we call a small, what we call black swan event, just something unexpected that you just can't predict. Um, if it's making your stomach churn right now, maybe it's a time to re-look at your allocations inside of your portfolio, meet with a professional, and um, really look and make sure you have the proper asset allocations. Again, if the market goes down a lot in one day and you get really uncomfortable or you don't like seeing those losses, you may want to shift some of those assets to more safer assets or building strong safety nets. So there is no simple answer to uh, should you uh, hang on yeah. or should you try to drop out and, and go into some other investment, right? Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, on where you are, um, is, you know, especially if we're talking about retirement accounts, you know, in your retirement journey the number one mistake we see with people make when they're near or actually in retirement is just they're taking on entirely too much risk and I get it it's 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 difficult to, to dial down that risk when you see you know you're afraid of missing out but you know if you got if you're in that last few years a stage of your life um, before you're going to start needing income um, you know I can tell you firsthand a big gain is probably not going to help you as much as a big loss will absolutely be devastating to you now with that being said if you're another 10, 15, 20 years away, maybe you're just in your 30s or 40s, you know, I would just stay the course with what's going on right now. Uh, there's going to be a few bumps along the way, but but again, it just kind of really depends on where you are at in life. I know this is a great unknown with this uh, coronavirus, but uh, uh, how long potentially could we be in this very volatile situation? Well, um, with uh, viruses, and again, I'm not a doctor right. um, um, that's there, you know, we do expect uh, some disruptions in the supply chain. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, when you go, you know, we're for very fortunate here in our country when we go to the gro grocery store, we see full shelves of things. Um, you know, I think there might be some minor inconveniences as we look at in the future. Um, you know, I just heard recently that Apple's running out of parts to fix iPhone. So if you're okay with your iPhone being broken for an extra day or two, <laughs> Um, I think, you know, I think we're going to weather this storm, you know, pretty well, but there are going to be some bumps along the way. 
Will the emergency interest rate cut from the feds uh, help the situation? It, it seemed to help the markets for about 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, it can help in the short term, but really long term, you know, interest rates is just one part of the equation. Um, long term, we do have a healthy economy here in this country. Um, and again, um, as it relates to your viewers and what it is they should do with their investments, I think a lot's going to just depend on where they are, you know, along that journey. You know, we foresee 2020, it's an election year. We, we already expected a bumpy ride just with the volatility yeah. that's there. So um, if this bumpiness right now is kind of causing some concern, maybe that's a clue that, that maybe things need to be reevaluated mm -hmm. for you. You know, we've always heard uh, markets hate uncertainty. Yeah. And we already had, as you said, the, the presidential election playing out. Now this uh, situation is, is just about the ultimate in uncertainty. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as it relates to the you know presidential contest, yep. um, you know, if the economy were to falter, um, I think that's going to bring even more uncertainty to the markets because uh, typically incumbents do well in a good economy. So I think that plays well for our current president. However, if the economy were to falter, that's going to create even more uncertainty and even more volatility as time goes on. Is this a good buy, uh, time to buy anything uh, right now, and if, particularly with these uh, low interest rates? Yeah, um, so I... Um, you know, with the low interest rates, you know, at, you know, so if you're looking maybe to upgrade your home or that was already in your plan, uh, I would definitely say, hey, go ahead and explore those options um, if you have the means to do so. But I wouldn't make a, you know, a big decision like that just because interest rates drop, you know, right now. Um, but, but yeah, it certainly can be a good time uh, maybe to refinance some of your debt to a lower interest rate that's already there or you've been looking to upgrade your home or maybe get that dream house and you have the means to do so, yeah, this may be an excellent opportunity to do that. Take advantage of Just this. to try to be clear on, on people with investments, and particularly if they are investing for retirement. Yeah. A different situation for a 30-year-old and a 60-year-old right now. Yes. Uh, could you just, what approach would you take in either case? Yeah, so I would always, um, we always take the approach of the, uh, there's a simple rule out there you can follow. It's called the rule of 100. So the rule of 100 basically states you take your age and that is ideally how much you should have in a safe position. That means, you know, my definition of safe is no risk loss of principal. So obviously if you're age 60, that would be 60% I'd want in a safe place. So take a look at your portfolio. If you're not set up that 60% of your portfolio is going to be protected in a downturn, that's probably a clue that you need to make some changes. Now, just the opposite, if I'm a 30-year-old, Maybe a sm small percentage, 30% or so, would be you know a good amount to have in a safe position. But you can take more more risk, you know, leave more risk on the table because if you're 30 years old, you got a little bit more time before you're going to need these assets to you know produce an income for you than say a 60 year old. All right. Well, this is an evolving situation. We'll uh, stay on top of it. We really appreciate your advice today. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Stay with us now on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll talk to Elbar, the Lexington Bluegrass Area Realtors, in just a bit about what is still a very hot housing market. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. Now that we're into March, a lot of people are starting to house hunt, and the word that we keep hearing in central Kentucky is that it is tough right now for buyers because homes don't last. If you're selling, how do you get your property ready inside and out? And if you're buying or at least looking, is there a way to take advantage of these suddenly lower interest rates that have come along during this coronavirus ordeal? Joining us this morning from the Lexington Bluegrass Association of Realtors are Justin Landon, he's the CEO, and Elbar's president this year, Greg Buchanan. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Uh, you know, is it true that these uh, sunny and warmer days uh, do bring the house hunters out? Yeah, I would say that's uh, probably some truth to it. The spring market usually uh, kicks in gear right around the uh, you know first of March. So uh, definitely, I think uh, people are getting out a little bit more with the warmer weather, and they like to go look at houses. You know, it's interesting, uh, Justin. These uh, we've been talking about these are the best of times, but challenging times in, in real estate for the reasons of inventory. We hear that the market is incredibly hot, especially in some price ranges. Uh, you put a mark, uh, house on the market, it doesn't last but maybe a few hours, right? Yeah, we're at a point now where inventory levels are just at such a, a low a low level that uh, homes are going on the market and in some price points, you know, under $250,000, they're going to sell in some cases in a matter of hours, in some cases in a matter of days, but almost never longer than 30 days. Uh, you know, as you get into the higher price points, that changes a little bit, but uh, only 15% of all listings in our, in our, in our market are, sell, are taking longer than four months to sell. So everything's moving very quickly. So that's a challenge, right, for realtors? I mean, somebody comes uh, looking to buy a home and you're having to tell them what? Uh, look, look towards paying possibly full price. Um, make your offers stand out, be a little different. Um, even offer some of the seller concessions. Um, so yeah, you, you're gonna get multiple offer situations, so you have to be prepared for that. Well, and come prepared, right? Come prepared with your, pre, your pre-qualification yeah. letter uh, because you're not gonna have time to wait around to make an offer. Correct. You've gotta be ready the second you see it to make that offer. Uh, others are standing in line. That's right. Yeah. Give us some numbers. Where, where, where is the sweet spot right now in, on home values in, in central Kentucky? Yeah, our median price point across our entire market is just under $200,000. That's gonna include Fayette County, and, a, and a 26 counties all around us, as far south as, as London, east of Moorhead, you know, so a pretty, pretty good region. Here in Fayette County, you're looking at closer to $215,000 median price. Uh, and if you're talking like average, uh, it gets up pretty high. Uh, Greg and I were just talking before this that the average price of new home construction in Fayette County is now well over $400,000, which is it's pretty staggering, and $330,000 for new home construction across that 26 county region. So. Um, we're just seeing some pretty significant price increases. What is driving that? What is driving it mostly is that you have really high demand and not enough supply. It's almost basic economics. Um, we have to start talking about a regional growth pattern. If Fayette County is not willing to grow, how do we include others around us to help grow that our, our numbers? Because right now, we simply just do not have the land for new construction to build on. And like Justin said, the average price of new construction is 456,000. Um, back in 2000 and probably eight, I remember new construction for a three bedroom, two bath ranch, 1300 square feet was gonna be about 115. Um, so we have really drove up the prices because of our lack of inventory. So you were telling us that in Lexington, Fayette County, obviously the huge employer in, in central Kentucky, that only about half of the people who Correct. work here live here right we have 50 percent 51 percent of our workforce in Fayette County does not live in Fayette County and uh, that's an issue I mean they're burning up our roads burning up our you know emergencies 
um, they're they're burning up some some funds that we don't we're not getting the benefit from because they don't live here and they can't afford to live here. What can be done to try to address this? In in uh, you know you've been on a couple of several times here since you came to town a few years ago, and I don't see a lot of progress in this issue. Do you? Look, and, and I've, I've been here two years now, and I'll tell you, this is a wonderful place to live, right? I love it here, and, and so do a lot of other people. And we've talked a lot about do we have a supply problem, and we do, but in many ways, we also have a really significant demand problem, which is people want to be here. And so what's the solution? Well, time will cure some of it, right? We know that interest rates are, are super low right now, so buyers are really eager to be in the marketplace. You know, if rates creep back up sometime over the next two years, like we know some of that demand uh, will slow, and, and that's probably not a bad thing in the long term. But if we don't address the supply side of the equation, and I think Greg hit the nail on the head, the solution is not going to be any one of our counties solving the problem on their own. Uh, we've already seen Scott County start to really slow down because they're about, you know, they're running out of wastewater capacity given their current their current levels. Um, and, and Madison County's just going like gangbusters, but for how much longer? Uh, so we've really got to talk about a regional solution. What that looks like, gosh, if we had all the answers, we'd, 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 we wouldn't be in real estate. We'd be in fortune, fortune telling. Uh, but it seems that more cooperation is, is a rather obvious answer to some of it. I mean, you know, we don't do revenue sharing uh, very well in Kentucky. People are, you know, shy from it, and that is that maybe uh, one county helps take care of another jurisdiction's problems. Uh, that's something that, uh, uh, again, we haven't, we haven't broached that very often. No, I, I think you know Fayette County is a, probably a fairly good example of a merged government, and I think that's been a benefit to the community to have the city and the county merge together. And but I think we need to have a broader regional conversation. Uh, Northern Kentucky actually has a very strong coalition in terms of their transportation infrastructure, and they work together quite a bit up there. You know, maybe that's a model for us. But you know, there's no question to me that if Fayette County and the adjacent counties don't have a joint solution to both housing, uh, transportation, you know, there's a number of issues there. But we've got to really come together and. Of course, you know, 120 counties in, in the state of Kentucky, yeah. uh, we've got some challenges there. And yet, you know, it is these uh, unique characteristics that uh, make people want to be here. All of the green space, the, the horse farms, the, the historic uh, sites, uh, and so forth. Uh, so it is uh, uh, it is quite a challenge when you say to people, we want to take <coughs> some of that for homes, right? Yeah, I think we would probably, nobody is, nobody wants to take away horse farms that's what makes us unique that's what makes us Lexington and so nobody's looking to uh, develop a horse farm that's just that's not even in the cards but I do think we need to look at certain probably areas of Fayette County that don't fit the description of a, of a horse farm and look at maybe you know including that in the uh, zone to be to be have new construction um, the urban infill is just it, it's it, it, it's gonna help but it's still a band-aid to a much larger problem. Um, and with urban infill, if you have a developer that goes down and takes out a house um, and demolishes it and rebuilds something else, you have two issues, I think. One, if the developer wants to go three stories high, planning and zoning is going to say no. Um, two, when you displace that person that was renting there for four or five hundred bucks a month, where do those people go? And I don't know if anybody has the answer to that. Gentrification, which is another uh, a major issue, right? We're seeing the people who have uh, uh, difficulty remaining in the neighborhoods uh, where they've been for their lives. Yeah, that's right. And and you know, really healthy community. You you live where you work. Uh, you work where your kids go to school. And when you start to displace people out of those those traditional environments, you know, they they have to get a car. Maybe they didn't need one before. Maybe they have to go two counties out now to find a property they can afford. Uh, and these are just public uh, challenges that we've got to address. 
uh, and begin to try to put solutions in place. And it's not that there's not people out there trying. I mean, gosh, gosh knows we're all trying. Um, but I do think a broader conversation is in the offing because right now we have fewer properties listed for sale in Central Kentucky than we in the history of Central Kentucky. Wow. And that's and given the the strong nature of the economy right now in the real estate market, like that's kind of a shocking number. And, and we're not trying to like alarm anyone. I mean, we still have a healthy market, but we're just trying to put forth some maybe some warning signs and say, hey, look, let's tap the brakes, let's address some issues that we see coming um, because right now we're at a what a thirty percent uh, since two thousand fifteen house, housing is up thirty percent, and uh, that's that's a pretty aggressive number for just five years of of inflation so and you both uh, pointed to other areas that have seen these kinds of mm -hmm. challenges and when they are not addressed uh, it compounds on itself yeah, I right? think Fayette County is when it coughs I think other other counties maybe catch the cold and I think you're seeing that in Georgetown um, look bottom line is wage growth has not increased 30 percent so we are getting we're like I said we're just putting out some warning signs to say hey we haven't we may have an issue let's try to address it regionally Let's uh, maybe look at some of these other counties and say, hey, how can we help you? Mm -hmm. you know, what can we do? Is there a sector of the, uh, uh, the market that, uh, that is very strong right now where folks can, if they have the money, they can go buy what they want? <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, anything under 200000 is going to fly. Um, and uh, I would say anything probably above the four fifty to 500000 you might you, you will probably have some time to, to make your decisions. But anything from that... 200 to, to, to 300 is going to is going to be pretty aggressive. And 50% of all properties listed in the MLS right now, uh, our multiple listing service, are selling in less than 30 days. So. We hear people nationwide are staying in their homes longer. Uh, is that a factor in this as well? People are simply not uh, not moving on. Uh, I think a lot of that's anecdotal. I mean, it's going to be unique in every circumstance. I do think though that with interest rates where they are, right, people are looking at it and saying, well, gosh, I can just refi my existing house, lower my monthly payment significantly. And of course, if I bought my house four or five years ago, I might get rid of PMI, uh, you know, mortgage insurance in the process, lower my monthly by several hundred bucks a month. I don't need to move, right? Uh, and in a case where there may not be a ton of inventory out there, you know, just stay, stay in place. I yeah. think we're seeing some of that. Yeah. All right. Well, despite these challenges, there are people who plan to be on the move uh, in this uh, uh, year ahead. And we're going to talk about some things that you should do with your home or you should do if you're a buyer to get ready to purchase a home. When we come back for the folks from Elbar on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We're continuing our discussion with the folks from the Lexington Bluegrass Association of Realtors. Today, Justin Landon is the CEO of that, and Elbar's president this year is Greg Buchanan. And we appreciate uh, both these gentlemen uh, coming in today. All right, we worried a little bit. We're a little bit uh, gloom and doom and talking about uh, the housing market, which is actually so strong right now. But uh, you had some sobering information we wanted to get out. Now let's talk about these uh, low interest rates and the opportunities uh, that uh, are out there right now. The Fed lowered uh, uh, the uh, interest basis point uh, half a point again this week. Uh, we expect that will translate into lower uh, interest rates for home buyers, right? Absolutely. I think uh, obviously now is, now is the time to put your house on the market and sell, um, especially with the fact you have low interest rates to 
uh, purchase your next home. So we definitely need more sellers in the marketplace. Um, the demand is very high. You'll have enough buyers. We just need more listings, more, more, more sellers. Is the fact that uh, you would have a, a for sale sign out uh, it was such a, a rare thing right now <laughs> mean it'll get more attention? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, typically what we've seen in, in, in history is that December and January are kind of slow months for, for, for sales. And yet both in December and January, uh, this, you know, this last January of 19 and the, in January of 2020, we're up 20% in, in closed volume, which means, gosh, people are buying and those that are selling have a, a a wealth of opportunity you know we're seeing multiple offer situations so you know the message to to central kentucky here is if if you're at all interested in selling call a realtor and and get that thing on the market now's the time because it likely it will zip right along that's right <laughs> let's talk about uh, people dealing with realtors obviously they can throw up uh, you know for sale by owner and try to do things themselves but what is it that uh, realtors offer to people um, you know in 2020 mm -hmm. that may be different from yeah. uh, some years ago uh, in terms of guiding them through a, a purchase or sale yeah absolutely it's not just the uh you know, the, the getting a buyer and writing a contract, there's so much more to it. It's navigating through inspections. It's negotiation of inspections. If you have an appraisal issue, we have to tackle that. Um, coordinating with contractors. So it's, it, there's a lot to it than just throwing up a for sale sign and calling it a day. Uh, the realtor does have, um, you know, more knowledge of the market. They'll be able to negotiate better deals for you. Um, you know, we've, we've seen deals in the past with for sale owners where um, they've gone sideways really, really quick because the contracts won't were not wrote properly, or they uh, probably left maybe fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on the table uh, in that particular example. So, definitely, we do more than just put a sign on the yard. It, it's a lot to it. You know, in an interesting time when when I talk about a multiple offer situation, a lot of people think, well, gosh, it's just fine if it's that hot. I'll just stick a sign in the yard and I'll get an offer. Well, sure, you're not going to get. You're probably going to get several. And trying to understand the difference in, a, in the kinds of offers you're going to receive, how it's financed, what the other yeah. terms other than price, yeah. I mean, you really need a professional to guide you through that. And I think a realtor is worth every penny that you pay them because uh, they're going to make sure you're protected. What's the strongest position uh, you can be in if you're a purchaser and, and you know, there's a house you want to make an offer on? What, you make a full price offer and, uh, and you, you have your money ready to go? I think the strongest position for a buyer right now is to go ahead and, and go through the pre-approval process ahead of time. And there are actually some lenders that will go ahead and get you um, pre-approved when they look at all your finance, financial documents, your tax returns, they'll look at all that and give you the green light. And you know, therefore you're probably maybe only a 14 days away from closing at that point. Um, you're almost bringing it into almost like a cash offer type situation. So you've got to think outside the box, um, offer some things that nobody else is offering, but I would say close to full price would be your, your first uh, go at it. Again, great reason to have a realtor because they're going to advise you on whether that price is, is, is the price and whether there is opportunity to offer below it. But you know, we're seeing 98% 98 of homes listed are, are, are selling for full price. Can it be tough to get comps in a market to where, uh, you know, the, the, the the sales are like they are right now? Is yeah, you definitely have to adjust for market conditions. I mean, sales from a year ago uh, may not uh, look at what is happening in today's marketplace. And so we do have to be aware of that. And back to like what Justin said, there are some instances where like you have to make a differential between a conventional loan or FHA loan. Um, if you can get a I may I may take a conventional loan because I know it's going to be an easier process. If I'm a seller or I'm, a, I'm representing the seller, I may take that loan over an FHA loan. 
because of different appraisal guidelines. When you meet with a buyer, uh, and uh, what is it you need to know from them? I mean, you may immediately know of a house that you just love because it has an outdoor space that uh, uh, is to die for, and, and you want them to see that, but maybe that's low on their priorities. They're interested in the kitchen. I mean, how do you uh, meet them where they want to, to, uh, to, to have their home be? Right, I think you need to have the buyers have a conversation with them and, and say, hey, what are your top three priorities? You know, what are some of your top three, top four? Um, and then educate them that, hey, you may not be able to find all three or four. You may have to settle for, you know, top priority number one or two. So I think it's just education and having that communication with them um, that you may have to settle, uh, you know, a little bit. And, and there's probably not gonna find the perfect dream home. And if somebody is hoping uh, to put their property on the market this spring, as you, uh, Landon, have encouraged them uh, to do uh, right now, uh, let's talk, uh, Justin, let's talk just a little bit about that. Uh, what should people do to get their house ready for market? Greg's the expert on, <laughs> on, on marketing properties, so I'll defer to him on that one. Um, you know, I, I think, obviously, uh, your first impression is going to be online, right? And so I always tell uh, sellers that your first showing occurs virtually, occurs online. Um, so make sure that your house is in tip-top condition for pictures and any virtual tours, uh, things like that, in order to make sure the staging will definitely help. Um, but just making sure that your house is picked up and cleaned, um, you know, uh, declutter, you know, is kind of the best thing you could probably do. Because like I said, your first impression is going to be online, so making sure that everything is, is perfect when it first hits the MLS is, is the best, best right. thing. Justin, this one's for you, because I know you hear the, uh, the, the realtors talk about uh, their issues and their challenges. People have more access than ever to information mm -hmm. online. Uh, they can look at these sites that place a value on a home, and that may not be in line with the, the asking price or the perceived value that the homeowner has. How do you resolve that? Yeah, I mean, these, a lot of these AVMs, right, is what we call them, um, and they give you a, a snapshot based on an algorithm of what the house might be worth, right? And so, as particularly in our market right now, like in the downtown area where there's a lot of renovation going on, those estimates can be off by tens. I've even seen ones that are maybe $100,000 off because of the work that's been done on the home subsequent to its being listed. Um, and so I think that is one of the probably the biggest challenges that realtors have today is, is explaining what's happening there. But it's all data driven. And we, what we see is consumers today want data. And if you give them data, they, they will digest it. And so one of the things that LBAR really does its best to try to provide to our realtor membership is to understand uh, what's going on with our data. So as you hear me spit out numbers, you know, we spit out those numbers every day to our realtors to empower them to be able to frame those conversations. I see those AVMs as a great opportunity uh, for, for, for potential clients and realtors to have a conversation about what something's really worth. And if you're relying on an AVM and not a broker price opinion from a, from, from a realtor, uh, you're just, you really don't know what's happening in the market. Blind, blind a little bit. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely. Right. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming by. Thanks, Bill. Thanks interesting for spring for home sales. We want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT this morning. We start at 4.30, so we're up when you're up. You make it a good week ahead.